people kind of shy away from weightlifting and you hear it all the time. I don't know. I, if I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say, I don't squat because my knees are bad, I oh my think God. I'd be... You'd I'd, be a millionaire. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I used to think that. I used to say, oh, I can't squat. My knees are bad. And then the, I went to a physical therapist and what do we do the first day of physical therapy? Squats. Squats. Hello, welcome to Balance and Moderation. We're a wellness podcast with some personality. Join me, Rob Young, and my friend Sheridan Lee on our pursuit of healthiness in the real world. Big love is the motto and our message is for everyone. So please don't forget to share this with all the beautiful people in your life. Enjoy. Good morning, Cher. Good morning, Robbie. How you doing? I'm doing good today. Doing good. Did some uh, jujitsu this morning. Ah, very some, nice. Uh, you know, I got choked a little bit. I choked some other people. Well, <laughs> what a I way to start today. your Thursday. I took some people's arms today. So okay. Yeah. Did you take them home with you? No, I didn't. Good. I, I, I don't. I don't do that. No. No, I don't want to take any arms home with me. It's I, all fun. Yeah, I feel like jujitsu. I really don't know too much about it. I know it's some sort of MMA, correct? Yeah. yeah. And so, what is what makes jujitsu different than other forms of martial arts? So, jujitsu is just one pillar of MMA. It's a very effective pillar of MMA, but it's it's just submission grappling. And so the whole point is to submit your opponent, whether that is choking them or putting their arm or leg in a position that if they don't tap, it will break. And uh, it's it's that kind of really intense. It's it's it is intense. It's in some ways people may view it as as violent. I I don't I don't know. I come from kickboxing and boxing, so nobody's throwing punches at my face. I feel like it's a little more civilized, but. I don't know. I like it. It's just like rough housing with your bros. Yeah. Okay. And so I guess my question is like, I mean, you can use jujitsu to defend yourself, you know, mm -hmm. in a certain situation, but when you're practicing or sparring, so to say, the goal isn't to like, you know, hurt your opponent, right? The goal is to put your opponent in a position that if they don't submit, they will get hurt. Okay. Okay. So there's a little bit of pride there too. They have to like kind of swallow their pride and realize that they're in a situation that they can't get out of and have to tap out. Well, that's one of the greatest parts of jujitsu and martial arts in general is it challenges the ego. Mm. If you let your ego get the better of you, then you're going to go to sleep or you're going to get your arm broken or your opponent's going to trick you and, and use your aggression and ego against you. So that's one of the biggest parts of when I used to fight and, and still doing jujitsu is it it's something every day or every other day that puts my ego in check and allows me to, I don't know, put my pride aside a little bit. And that's why you'll see a lot of people who are actually true martial artists or true fighters rarely will get in street fights, rarely will let somebody poke the bear and their, let their temper go. Most of the time, a real fighter, somebody brushes them or somebody pushes them. They're like, hey, man, like, just chill out. Like, it's okay. And they'll try to do whatever they can to defuse the situation because they know the other side of it. So that's kind of like almost like the integrated warrior archetype, mm -hmm. so to say, because yeah. I know that we've done the masculine archetypes a lot. And I feel like you've said multiple times on the show that you really resonate with the warrior archetype the most. Definitely. So would you say that that is kind of like the highest self version of the warrior is like to know when to fight and to know not when to fight? Yeah, I, that that is definitely a huge part. And I, I think that's part of the king's rule over the, the warrior mentality. And the king is kind of like the masculine highest self, so to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the king rules over the warrior and the lover and the magician. Yeah. 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 So, and that's a great episode for people who don't know what we're talking about. Um, it's a really fantastic amalgamation of 
kind of a more masculine spiritual perspective of if mm-hmm. you are um, a gentleman and want to learn how to step into a more evolved version of yourself and kind of understand where your strengths and your weaknesses are. That's a really great episode. Robbie, do you know what episode number that was? It is episode 23. I just looked it up. Oh, I love that number. 23 is actually my dad's favorite number. Oh, okay. Because of Michael Jordan. That's funny. Yeah. That was my my number growing up. Really? Yeah. No shit. I signed up late for a basketball team, and I didn't get to pick my number. And they just ordered an extra jersey, and I guess they assumed nobody picked 23, so we'll give somebody 23. Well, there you go. And then that was my basketball number, so. It's a good number, but nobody likes you when you're 23. Yeah, no. Yeah, according that, to a Blink-182. I don't, I don't know. Did you feel like people liked you when you were 23? 23 was a weird year. I mean, yeah. I think people liked me. Like, I don't think I was a generally hated person. I think my but parents were sick of me when yeah, I was 23. I, um... Gosh, I mean, when I was 23, I had just graduated from college. No, mm. I was like a couple years out. I think I was 23 when I quit my job at the cardiology office. Yeah. So 23 was a yeah. really tumultuous year <laughs> for me, um, realizing that I didn't want to be a doctor. But um, but that's okay, honestly. Um just even, I think in the last couple episodes, we've been doing a lot more self-reflection and I feel like I'm finally on the upside, like kind of on a turn up, the mm-hmm. turn up. <laughs> no, but like, you know, it's been a little um, hazy, a little watery the last couple of years. And I feel like I'm finally like coming into myself again as a, at the ripe age of 25. So yeah, feeling good. It's all relative to yeah, exactly. your, the Valley this last year was probably a little bit higher than valleys you've had in the past. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Contrast is clarity. Contrast for sure. is clarity for sure. For sure. So today we're going to be talking about in the episode, something that I guess is, I don't know if it's part of jujitsu, but it's part of, I think it's a great way to work on yourself. And I think it's also a way to kind of hone in your ego because if you let your ego get the better of you doing this activity, you can get severely hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the people that are against it or have negative opinions of this are looking at examples of people that let their ego get the better of them and which cause them to have breakdowns. And, and so today we're talking about strength training and not even just specifically strength training or the benefits of strength training, but kind of the, the stuff that people don't talk about that actually happens when you start weight training. Like everybody knows you can get bigger muscles, you look better, you lose fat. From an aesthetic standpoint, we understand those benefits. But I think there's a deeper conversation, especially when you're looking at w- strength training, resistance training, weightlifting from a wellness perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the biggest things that I'm an advocate for is um, hormonal regulation for men and for women, but particularly from a woman's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that um, by doing strength training, I would say light to moderate strength training a couple times a week and then maybe a day or two of heavyweight training because, Mm -hmm. you know, women's bodies are different than men. Although I know you're a huge advocate of lifting heavy. I don't think that should be any different for men though. I don't think men should go super hard more than like a couple days a week unless mm-hmm. you're a power lifter, you're getting your recovery in tune and you're you know, you're dialed in. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, uh, weight training does so much for the um, the hormone highway that mm-hmm. we talked about, I think, in the last episode. Yeah. We've been really getting down with the hormones lately. Yeah, I love hormones. Well, it's I important think they- and nobody's talking about it. And I think we talked about it off air, like I'm getting older now and I keep seeing more and more people, more and more commercials for these blue pills and all mm-hmm. these, this stuff. And most dudes that can't get boners, if they just deadlifted a couple times a week, they'd fix it super quick. Yeah. Because I mean, mostly what ED is, is a lack of blood flow, mm-hmm. you know, to all areas of the body, particularly the one that helps you with sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> You know, if you do move your body regularly, it just, I think it's so crazy how in this modern society, especially in America, that we've lost touch with our physical practices. Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like it was something that was so intuitive and so ingrained in us for literally millennia. Well, we kind of had to. Yeah. Well, we kind of had to. Bear comes through the woods. You got to sprint. Yeah. But I mean, we're seeing all of this lifestyle related disease from ED to diabetes to um, cardiac hypertension, you know, all of these. Even depression and anxiety is a lifestyle chronic disease anymore. It is. And I think, you know, there's a lot of factors for the reason why those diseases become about. But I think one of the main reasons, if not the number one reason, is because there's a lack of physical practice in your daily life. Mm -hmm. And so I think strength training, for me personally, I can't strength train every single day. That's just too much for my body to take on. I don't think anybody really should. No. I think it's like a two to three times a week kind of thing. I think that's... If you're doing it every day, you need to... Like, I'll have days when I was... I'll go through spurts, and I've done it a couple different times where I'll squat every day. But that doesn't mean I'm squatting heavy every day. I'll go heavy for a couple days and then I'll do body weight squats or I'll just do the bar and work on form. So I'm lifting every day, but some days are more skill days. And that's another part of the equation is there should be days in the gym where you're really just working on your form. You're working on your mobility. You're working on skill. Yeah, absolutely. So I really want to touch on that part of the conversation, but just to kind of bring it back into the hormone conversation, something we were Mm -hmm. talking about off air, not just for men increasing blood flow, but also for men and women lifting weights does increase testosterone, which also helps improve sex drive as Mm -hmm. well as body composition, as well as, um, you know, regulating your insulin levels and being able to uptake uh, glucose more effectively. So there's less, uh, Mm -hmm. you have a lower blood sugar level, so it can help fight against diabetes Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, So for men and women, it does increase testosterone. And a lot of times women get a little freaked out and they're like, oh, I don't need a lot of testosterone. But the fact of the matter is, is that all people need testosterone. Mm -hmm. And women actually need a little more testosterone than we may believe. Mm -hmm. We naturally have like androgens, which testosterone falls under that category, as well as like estrogens and progesterones and things like that. Those are the things that help regulate our cycle. But if we don't have enough testosterone in our system, it also whacks out our estrogens and progesterones. Mm -hmm. So it's like it balances everything out when we weight train effectively and weight train um, and do other exercises and physical practices that work well with our individual bodies. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it before. I know that women will shy away from weightlifting because they don't want to look manly and stuff. And and I've said it, I think I said it even last episode, but most of the time, the like the big, huge jack, like bodybuilder girls, they're taking extra stuff. Yeah. You're naturally, your testosterone is not going to go up more than like 60 or 70, up to 60 or 70 units as a woman compared to a man who walks around between like 600 and 900 units. Yeah. And just if anyone wants any physical representations that they can look at, you know, Instagram doesn't tell the whole story, but I have been following these two women for a while and they lift heavy and they lift regularly and they have very beautiful, very feminine, strong, but feminine, um, um, mm-hmm. bodies, uh, Chrissy Celia, mm-hmm. as well as Gains by Brains. Okay. So they're both really great and they have a lot of really awesome workout material. Even Chrissy has like a Sculpt and Tone app where whether you have access to a gym or not, because there's still people around the world and even in this country that don't have access to a gym right now, mm-hmm. you can still improve your physical, mental, and emotional composition um, by using something like uh, the scone the Tone and Sculpt app. And no, that was not an ad. Just wanted to give that up. Um, no, nah, just sharing some just good Just sharing some good with tools with you guys. But. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's let's kind of, I guess, since we're, we're kind of talking about hormones and, and you know, we kind of touched on guys. I think you're really, as a male, a lot of issues can be fixed for you if you just get under a barbell once in a while, a couple times a week. But, but going more on the female conversation, what, as far as strength training, how how do you feel when you're strength training? Like, I know you kind of came from more of a bendy yoga ish kind of kind of vibe, and then you started weightlifting a little more. When did you start weightlifting again? So actually, it's funny. Um, 
a lot of people when they meet me and a lot of people even when they start to know me assume that I'm a big yogi, mm-hmm. that I'm plant-based, that I'm this, I meditate every day, this, that, and the other way, just because of the way that I like show up in the world. Mm-hmm. But I actually started with weight training. I didn't oh, start did? doing yoga okay. for a while and actually like I like yoga, but like I'll be honest, it's I don't love it. I do it it because I need to and it feels good, but I actually like a little bit more of that linear, rigid, structured uh, types of movement that Mm -hmm. actually comes a lot more naturally to me than like the more fluid, dancey, yoga type movements. That's actually something I want to work on because it doesn't come very naturally to me, but Mm -hmm. I'm mostly doing strength training, isometric, hit style workouts. Um, But I started weight training lightly but regularly when I was 15 years old that's what really started my um my fitness journey because I didn't have any sort of physical practice I wasn't playing any sports for a couple years my mental health was going down the fucking drain Mm -hmm. and I was like I need to do something about this and like my parents won't put me on meds because they don't want to so which you know Thank you. Uh, but when I was 15, I was like, I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I started going to the gym. And while it didn't cure my depression, mm-hmm. I definitely started feeling so much better so much quickly. I started having more energy during my day. My mood was a lot more stabilized. And I just felt more confident in myself. Mm-hmm. Not because... I mean, yes, my body composition was changing and that felt good. And I felt, you know, more confident when I looked in the mirror and different things like that. But even just coming away from a session of weight lifting, it just felt accomplished and satisfied. And it just like... Anything that I had been struggling with earlier in the day, it was like left at the door and I was able to basically recreate Mm -hmm. myself. And so a lot of people think the self-esteem from weight training just comes from the aesthetics and it can come partially from the aesthetics, but it has so much more of a mental component to it than most people realize. It really does help with cognition and mood and uh, focus on all of those things. Mm -hmm. And and another thing too, were you tracking like your reps or your weight? Were you doing that in the beginning? At that point, no. I really didn't know that much. I was just trying to move my body. And I... I basically just kind of did like the white girl workouts where I like did the elliptical or the treadmill for 15 to 20 minutes and then would, I I would actually train my arms, but I Mm -hmm. would mostly train legs and I would do a couple different exercises, a couple different uh, sets, you know, eight to 12 each and then I'd stretch and then I'd go home, which is still a good workout. That's solid. It's a solid workout, but now typically I reserve, you know, cardio days for cardio days and Weight training mm-hmm. days for weight training days. Yeah. For the most part, just from a safety uh, standpoint, especially if you are lifting heavy, you should reserve cardio for post weight lifting. Yeah. Ex- like, especially if you're heavy squatting or something like that, you're going to tax all your stabilizer muscles doing the cardio, and then you're going to go jump under a 225-pound barbell. Yeah, and it activates a different type of muscle fiber, which I know is a really nuanced conversation, Mm -hmm. so we don't have to dive too deep into that. But um, for people who are going to the gym, and maybe they've only got, let's say, two days a week that they can effectively go to the gym, and they want to make the most of it, would you recommend, if they have to do strength training and cardio in the same day, to do a little bit of warm-up cardio before they weight train or do a little cool-down cardio after they weight train? I would just... You can get an anaerobic, anaerobic workout just from weightlifting. The key is active rest. So you could... uh, Any clients that I've worked with or I'm working with now... I don't really have them do cardio. They're looking for quick, a lot of them are looking for quick, efficient workouts. So if you're doing active rest and alternating sets with non-complementing muscles, then you can kind of keep your, your heart rate up and your blood going in between sets and you get both, a, almost a, you get a cardio workout with your weight workout and it's kind of density training. Yeah. Okay. So I like everything that you put down, but for the uninitiated, can we break that down a little bit yeah. more when you were saying like non-complementing muscle groups? Yeah. So basically you would just, I, I like to do it. I like to pair two, two workouts together and I'll do 
you know, so that'll be like a little mini circuit or something. And I'll do four different mini circuits, which is two exercises in each circuit. And we, I can kind of break this down. I think I have an article on my old website about it, which we can repost on the balance yeah, and moderation site. Yeah, I think that site. would be great. Yeah. So for instance, for me, like if I'm doing squats, then in between the squats, I'm going to do push-ups or pull-ups because I'm doing lower body and upper body. And that's a great way to do it too, is just do a lower body workout with an upper body workout. So I will do things like I will do squats and pull-ups, and then I'll do deadlifts and push-ups. Okay. And then I can do something like lunges and, and then overhead press. And then honestly, if you do those That's three, great if you workout. do those three things, and you don't have to do a ton of sets. Like I, a lot of times, one of the best times that I was in shape, I was going in the gym. I was doing like three or four of those circuits. I was only doing two sets of each, and just trying to get in it, like trying to keep my workout under. 30 or 25 minutes, but keep the pace going and keep it up. And when, especially when you're doing this, and this is a disclaimer as well, don't go super heavy. So I would do, if I was doing 10 reps in a density circuit, it's going to be a different weight than I've doing 10 reps of an isolated workout. So let's say I'm doing 10 reps of 185 on bench. If I'm if I'm doing bench with another exercise, I'll drop down to about 155. Okay. Because gotcha, you're gotcha. exerting yourself, you're working your glycogen, you're 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 using ADP. You're not your body's not having time to recover. But so you gotta be conscious of that. Gotcha. So if you're doing more isolated movements and you're not really trying to get that aerobic and anaerobic, aerobic basically meaning with oxygen, anaerobic mm -hmm. without oxygen. So anaerobic is more weight training. Which is kind of a silly training. way to look at it because you need oxygen for weight training. It is. If you're not breathing while you're weight training, yeah, you're going to no, have a no, bad no. day. <laughs> but it is to well, something to be said, whereas um, weight training doesn't really improve your um, VO2 max, which mm -hmm. is basically a fancy term of saying how much volumes of oxygen you can take in at a maximal level as your aerobic health increases when you're mm -hmm. doing things like cardio and HIIT training, that VO2 max increases and that's a marker of like aerobic health. Yeah. That really, that marker doesn't really improve when you're doing weight training, but it's not to say you shouldn't do weight training. But that's, I think, where the density training comes in if you're looking for an efficient workout that actually is going to increase your VO2 mm -hmm. max. At whatever, at, at the jiu-jitsu gym or, or usually in martial arts, I'm always known as a guy that has great cardio and I really don't run that much. I do a lot of density training. It's rare that I go into the gym and I'm just deadlifting that day or I'm just benching that day. So I'm constantly doing that and I, I really feel like over time my body has adapted to it and my VO2 max, I would, I actually haven't had it tested before, but I've I would assume it's it's pretty good. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that's really great information. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people can take home with them because you know, I know a lot of people are looking to get healthy, but some people are just trying to find the time whether it's, you know, 30 minutes every other day to be able to meet yeah. their fitness goals. So, we want to emphasize that you can do this even if you have a financial budget or a time budget, it's mm -hmm. very attainable. Yeah. And just while we're talking about density training, I did way back, I put a simple density workout on my Instagram at Wellness Rob. If you scroll down, it's in like teal. Oh, I'll repost that. Yeah. If you want to repost it. Yeah. And that's the same thing. It's push-ups and air squats, pull-ups and lunges, sit-ups and curls. Love that. And that's it. And it kind of explains it. And I have a little blurb about it. So you want to get some more information. But so let's get back to talking about the benefits. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of touched on hormonal. Yeah. Um, and then also, especially, I mean, this is great for men and women, but bone density is a huge yes. thing for weightlifting. And that really comes from heavy weightlifting. You're not going to get that as much from using five pound dumbbells and stuff. No. You need to kind of power lift and work hard. Yeah. So for my ladies out there, you might want to start working with a coach if or work with Rob. He's a great resource. Um, but just do like a power lifting day once a week because it can really help improve and maintain your bone density, which might not seem like a big deal right now since I know most of our audience is probably in between, you know, mid-20s to mid-40s, I yeah. would say. Yeah. But as you get older, 
you know, you're a lot more prone to injuries and mm-hmm. falls and breaks. Like, I mean, think about your grandma and grandpa. You're always worried about them falling and breaking a hip or breaking a rib or something like that. Like, that can put them out for the rest of their life. Even if, like, they survive the fall, which most of them do, it's the quality of life that is lacking for those last five to ten years, which I know that's really morbid, but mm-hmm. it you know, is worthwhile to say because I think the biggest reason why Robbie and I are such huge advocates of fitness is because we don't want to just look hot right now. We want to be able to play with our kids. We want to be able to play with our grandkids and our great grandkids and not feel like you guys go ahead. I will, I'll catch up to you later. You know, when we're 50 years old, like it's all about improving your quality of life, you know, and not, um, feeling like you can't do something because you just kind of miss the opportunity to work on yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of this. And not just bone density, but weightlifting from another perspective of strengthening joints and balancing. And then the kind of indirect things that strengthen when you weight train, you're not thinking about it, like your feet and your hands, your grip strength. People kind of shy away from weightlifting and you hear it all the time. I don't know. I, if I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say, I don't squat because my knees are bad, I oh my think God. I'd be... You'd I'd, be a millionaire. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I used to think that. I used to say, oh, I can't squat. My knees are bad. And then the, I went to a physical therapist and what did we do the first day of physical therapy? Squats. Squats. Yeah. <laughs> so no, exactly. your knees are probably bad because you don't squat unless you tore your ACL or whatever. And even still, once you're recovered, you want to start squatting again to strengthen that knee. Mm-hmm. But that that's one of the things that blows my mind about people and, and avoiding weightlifting. And, and also this is taught, you know, we're talking about longevity and, and taking care of yourself and being able to run and play with your kids in late age. To all my bros out there that are just doing upper body, like, you're going to, you're making yourself top heavy and you're going to make yourself to be in a, you're going to have big arms and a wheelchair when you're 60 years old because you're not working your legs ever. You're putting stress on other parts of your body and other things are growing and you got to, you got to have the, the the bottom has to support the top. It doesn't go the other way around. No, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you know, I think it's important for men to do squats, to do deadlifts, things like that. But, you know, from a if, testosterone perspective, it's huge. Absolutely. Any like full body, like compound lift yeah. is going to shoot your testosterone up. Yeah. And lower body, I mean, think about it. Your lower body, you have more muscles in your lower body mm-hmm. than your upper body. So you are strengthening the whole system and you need to, just like you said, balance it out. But, you know, another thing that you can do, you know, just as a alternative, even if you don't want to, you know, do a leg day, you know, two times a week, you could alternate one of those days by like playing sports with your friends. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, my partner, he loves playing basketball. He loves playing soccer. And it really does, you know, improve not only that cardio health, but it does have a strength training component to it. And, you know, all of that good stuff. So it allows him to strengthen his lower body in a way that's actually fun for him rather than just being like, oh, I have to, you know, hit the squat rack again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. And if you are somebody that's active and doing that kind of stuff, that's awesome. Uh, I would just say try to add strength training in as a way to prevent injury. Yeah. The people I see in athletics and doing things, the people that get injured most are the people that don't strength train outside of their activity, which it's great and you're getting cardio and you're working and you're doing all this stuff, but you're going to get, you got to, you got to strengthen the joints in certain ways. But I mean, if you're playing basketball and you're doing it at a rate that your body can keep up with, that's probably even better sometimes. Yeah. And then, you know, I know we were kind of, we've been talking about physical strength and how much that improves, um, Mm -hmm. you know, from a minute level to like the tendons and the joints and the bones to the actual muscle fibers, but it also improves your mental strength too. Yes. Yes, it definitely does. Um, And I think a lot of this, it seems like everything that has to do with enhancing mental cognition has to do with blood flow and weight training just causes your muscles to uptake blood. Like it just gets blood pumping throughout your entire body. And there's been a lot of studies, especially with older people, like people that have had 
you know, are having issues with dementia and stuff, they've noticed that weight training helps cognition at older age, and it also helps prevent the deterioration of, of Alzheimer's as, as quickly. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. And I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but, you know, having a finding that's that remarkable is mm-hmm. amazing. Definitely. And like, if I'm going in, if I have like a big meeting or I have to do a presentation or I have to do something that's going to be very mentally taxing on me, I'll go get a quick 15, 20 minute workout in. I'll go do some hit. And I usually try to weight lift because I always feel better. I feel mentally in tune when I weight lift compared to, to cardio. I, I kind of, structure like cardio is almost more of a stress relief for me and then weightlifting is kind of like a pump up let's get things going Mm. let's get moving i think that's a great distinction um i really like that and the same thing was for me when i was um studying for my pre-med exams and then also studying for my mcat i think i've mentioned this way back in the day but when i was studying for my mcat i studied for i think three months um, about 40 hours a week or more. And I probably worked out at the gym for like two hours a day because I was doing eight hours a day on a, on a weekday. And then I would take like a two hour break and just work my body because I needed to work through all that Mm -hmm. information. I needed to digest. I needed to balance out my physical, my mental gains with my physical gains. And it really, I think that's part of the reason why, not to toot my own horn, but why I did so well in school and why I graduated at the top of my class was because I was one of the only people in my fucking exercise science major that worked out like almost every day. That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. I always try to tell that in like friends and family that I've had, ones that are in or out of med school and stuff, it like, it, it like, it, it hurts me in the inside when they're like, oh, I can't work out today. I have to study so much. And I'm like, you will retain so much more. So much more information. If you work out for an hour a day, you only need to study six hours instead of 12 hours. Like, No, exactly. And honestly, I probably, for the grades that I got, I studied less than most people because yeah. I was balancing it out with a healthy physical practice, a healthy social practice, a healthy um, mental practice. Like, you know, like we were saying, like yoga is surprisingly not my favorite exercise mm-hmm. to do, but I do it because it's so good for not just my physical flexibility, but also my mental flexibility. Yeah. And, um, you know, so combining strength training with flexibility training with a little bit of cardio here and there, like it really just rounded out my mind and my body so mm-hmm. that I was really well equipped to do the best that I could in school, in my extracurriculars, in my personal life, and so on. So, you Even, know. Even, you know, and just part of that is going back to the hormone conversation, but a hormone that people kind of forget about that is a hormone is cortisol. Yeah. And Absolutely. like regulating that, you if you have elevated cortisol levels, you're not going to retain information. Yeah. When and you're so in a stressed corti- state, you can't learn. Yeah. And cortisol, again, for the uninitiated, I know we talk about it a lot, but that's the stress hormone. So mm-hmm. when you're operating in a fight or flight type of situation, whether you are running away from a bear or running away from your boss, that cortisol shoots up through the roof. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the hormone that often gets trapped around our midsection, Mm -hmm. which is holding us back from a lot of our fitness goals. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just a little tidbit there. Definitely. I need to do a better job of of maintaining my stress levels a little Mm -hmm. bit. I kind of get taken away sometimes, but... I get that. But, and, and that's the whole, the whole thing of this conversation is understanding that weightlifting is going to bring benefit to your entire life. It's not like, oh, this dumb meathead just wants to have a big chest and arms. It's, oh, this person wants to be mentally viable into late age. This person wants to kill it at their job. This person wants to be there for their family and be together. And I think kind of talking from a goal perspective, when you structure it like that, that's something for me why it's easy for me to work out. It's easy for me to get out and move. It's easy for me to go to the weight room because in my head, I have a 60, 70 year goal in my head. 
I don't, I'm not like, oh, I need to get abs for the summer. I'm like, oh, I want to keep my body fat down as I age and keep my, my body composition good for life because I want to, I don't want to put stress on my joints. I want to strengthen my joints. I want to be able to pick my kid up and, and throw them over my shoulder when they're freaking 10 years old and run around and wrestle. And, you know, I love my father and he's a great guy, but my dad got, you know, when I got to be about 16 or 17, my dad couldn't keep up with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to be that dad that's 60. You know, I have, I have a friend whose dad is, is I think in his late sixties and they just ran a marathon together. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we were even talking about this off air. Like there's so many examples of people, men and women, late into life, like, yeah. you know, in their 70s, 80s, 90s, even like 100-year-old mm -hmm. people who are just fucking crushing it in yeah. their physical practice, whether it is powerlifting or yoga or, you know, marathon running or mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's, you know, I feel like we have this quip in our mind that's like, oh, when we get older, our bodies deteriorate and we can't do what we used to do. And it's like, there is some truth to that, but that's not the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And if you work at your physical fitness and what this main conversation is centered around is strength training specifically. You're going to have the strength and the vitality for all the activities that you want to do, not just at this point in your life, but later on in life. Definitely. Definitely. You, you know, there's the, the benefits are countless. I think there's one other thing we didn't talk about, but it kind of goes into everything and just kind of making your body function optimally. And it's a huge problem nowadays, which is posture. Yes. And weight oh, training is huge for posture because especially like, and it's not too hard now, go look up proper form for an overhead press, proper form for a row. If you're doing proper form and you're sitting in a neutral position while you're doing it, your body remembers that. And it's strengthening, strengthening the muscles that hold you up and put you in a good posture. If you don't have strength, you'll just cave over and fall over. And I, I think that's a, you know, we talk about all these chronic diseases and, and yeah, it's food related, it's movement related, but I think a lot of it too, especially depression and anxiety, a lot of it is just posture. Yeah. No, I mean, exactly. If That's a huge point. you're all hunched up and, and curled over, your brain's not getting adequate blood flow. Your body's not moving. Your lymph system is not moving the proper way. You're not getting rid of toxins in your body. So you're, you're creating this incomplete system that can't work properly. And when, when that doesn't happen, you get disease, depression, you know all sorts of things go wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember, you know, I kind of touched on me struggling with my mental health in my early teenage years. And I remember, like, for, for one thing, I was carrying this huge-ass fucking backpack <laughs> because I had to carry all of my books because I went to this stupid, dumb, gifted education program that <laughs> ran my brain into the ground. Your seven two-inch textbooks. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Literally, I think my dad... Um, weighed my backpack at one point when I was in sixth grade and we didn't have lockers because there weren't enough of them. It was like 45 pounds. Jesus. And I was like not even 100 pounds myself. That's it was ridiculous. And I was like, I am not using a wheelie backpack, dad. That is the most nerdy thing ever. Dude, I'm not going to do if it. If I could go back, I'd, I'd have a wheelie backpack the whole time. Oh my God. I'd Naruto run everywhere with my wheelie <laughs> backpack. <laughs> Man, those 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 kids they're that the went to our school, now. they're the happiest now. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I should have taken something from their book earlier on. Definitely. But, Especially doing that with a one sh one strap on, trying oh to be cool God. and like oh just my yanking God. your side. I'm still working with my chiropractor on all of that damage I did from the one strap in. But, one I, strap. <laughs> but I digress. What are you doing in life? I'm just one strapping it. I'm just one it. it. <laughs> um, but... I would have my backpack on like a fucking turtle shell and I'd be hunched over trying to, you know, carry myself, but also was dealing with a lot of stuff. And I would just like, I'd have my hands over my belly because of course I was self-conscious about my body image mm -hmm. and I was like hunched over and I, I don't know, I looked like Dr. Evil or something. <laughs> and as a sixth grader, I was so upset with the world. Um, but I think part of the conversation was I had bad posture and that just translated into other areas of my life. And even we've talked about like almost how your posture can activate almost a more reptilian mm -hmm. brain. Yeah. 
Which I know sounds like super woo-woo, but like, can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, so this concept comes from Aaron Alexander and the Align Method. That's another shameless plug. Like, I think he has a great podcast. It's one of the few ones I, I still listen to consistently. And he kind of talks about there's different archetypes for poor posture, and it kind of goes along with your your mood or your attitude or just kind of general personality. Like if you're kind of hunched over and 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 your head's drooping forward and your body's kind of collapsing, you have this like weak, submissive, like anxiety ridden personality. To whereas like the other side, you see these big like these these dudes that are overcompensating and they're they're like pushing their chest out, their shoulders are back, and they're almost in a completely different direction, but still poor posture. They have issues with their ego and, and, and anger and those kind of things. And it's really when we're in a neutral position that we feel the best. We feel centered. We feel balanced. And a lot of that, it's not really woo-woo when you really get down into the mechanics of it. You know, we talk about everything kind of has to do with blood flow. And our, it's, it doesn't, it's not too wild to say that if your body is in a correct posture and in the way that it's supposed to be and move, your blood's going to flow the best. Also, your lymph system. Your lymph system is in line with your, your vascular system. Your lymph system is going to get the toxins out of your body. If you're, especially people that sit at desks all day, they're not squatting, they're not moving, your muscles are pumps and you're not getting that lymph system going. So it sounds woo-woo, but when you really break it down, and then there's actually a lot of literature on it too. It's not like it's just some guy like thought about this and made it up. There's studies that back this up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you for breaking that down because I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me intuitively, but having that, um, that evidence to back it up is always, you know, Mm -hmm. helpful. Breathing too. If you're hunched over and your shoulders are curled over, your lungs are compressed. You're not able to get full breaths in. So there's just a lot of dysfunction that comes with poor posture. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this conversation has to do with oxygenating the body properly when Mm -hmm. you have... It seems like every conversation has to do with that. A little bit, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Oxygen is great. Yeah. We're huge oxygen advocates. We need to bring back oxygen bars. It was like a weird part of the 2000s, early. Wait, what was this? So there was like a, for like a brief time, and it was before I was like traveling and doing things. They were kind of popping up in big cities, but I remember seeing them on MTV and stuff. I think it was like around 2000, maybe late 90s, early 2000s, and they literally had oxygen bars. You would go in and they would put you like, like you're an old person. They'd put like a thing up your nose and they would pump pure oxygen in your system and it basically, if you do that, you pump pure oxygen, you kind of get high from it. Yeah. Because we're not breathing in pure oxygen. No, no, no. We're actually breathing in mostly nitrogen, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's crazy. Um, I saw an oxygen bar when I went to Vegas. Like back yeah. in 20... God, when did I graduate? 2018? 2019? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was, you know still there so we didn't try it but like I have heard that it kind of just gives you a little bit of a mild euphoria a little bit of a woozy high like feeling Mm -hmm. so it's just crazy but I digress bring it back balance of moderation oxygen bar (laughs) (laughs) that'd be pretty sick yeah so I guess let's 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 try to recap a little bit we kind of went on some different routes weightlifting in general is going to have direct benefits on your body composition it's going to make it easier for you to lose weight because as you have more muscle, muscle burns more calories. So that's why you can see huge bodybuilders can eat a piece, eat a pizza in one sitting and then the next day still have abs. Like that's just kind of, they, they can't get enough calories. Mm-hmm. But if you're smaller and you, you're, I don't want to say frail, but don't like have me? a lot of muscle, huh? <laughs> like me, small and frail. I wouldn't say you're frail. Like you have, you, like you still have muscle mass on you. Thank you, Robbie. But so from that perspective, obviously we, we kind of know that weight training helps that, but just going back to kind of the indirect benefits, hormone regulation, joint and tendon strengthening. That's a big thing. Like tendons and joints can get stronger. Like mm-hmm. it's not like it's just deteriorating through time. Like they can get stronger and that's from a, that's a health, a light, like a health span mm-hmm. conversation. Oh, you know, we like that, that health span versus lifespan distinction. There's a lot of people that die at 58, but still live to be 92 years old. Preach. Preach. Yeah. So we got that. And then enhancing mental cognition is huge. 
if you start weightlifting, you're going to notice your memory's better. You're going to process things easier and you're going to retain, you're, you're just going to retain information and, and your executive function is going to be so much better. And mood regulation. Mood regulation is huge. I know we kind of touched on that too. And I think there, there is a conversation to be had that there is a sweet spot with weightlifting because even this morning with jujitsu, it was pretty, pretty like taxing this morning. And I almost felt like a little depressed after, mm -hmm. like a little bit of a adrenaline dump. Luckily, I did a cold plunge, felt a lot better after that. But, and I've done that before where I will do like a full powerlifting day where I'm hitting three or four power lifts. And then after I'm like, I just want to go lay in a bed and yeah. curl up in a ball. So I, for every, anybody out there that is weightlifting, I would say you're not going to get much benefit out of taxing yourself more than 80%. Mm -hmm. there's, a, wanna, there's a spectrum. You want to leave some in the tank at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't want to burn your tank to zero, mm -hmm. you know, for any activity, any situation, not yeah. just weight training. I mean, we do that in this world. We do that with so many things. Mm -hmm. Even watching Netflix. Like you think binging your, binging Netflix is is helping. Oh my it's, God. It's, I usually feel worse after. Oh yeah. Especially if it's a stressful show. Yeah. Like, and even just like, I don't know. I was even just sitting with my roommates, drinking wine, watching New Girl, which is probably for most people, like the most relaxing activity. But I started to get so anxious, like third episode on, because I'm like, I feel like uh, this is just not serving me like even I don't need to be doing something productive right now but I could be doing something that is at least recharging my battery more than this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we don't we don't sit idle enough I think that's a big issue and I, I that's another benefit of weightlifting is even if you're listening to music like I always suggest listening to music that doesn't have words or just not listening to music at all you have some time to really just sit and think with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, especially if you're working out by yourself and you're not with a partner, like you have time to really just think about your day and compartmentalize. And I think that's where a lot of the mood regulation benefit comes from weightlifting. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that there's some people that listen to the show that, um, you know, want to meditate, but have a really hard time sitting down with their thoughts. You can use weight training as an active meditation. Oh, yeah. You can use walking as an active meditation. Mm -hmm. But like, I totally understand, especially with a little bit more of that ADHD conversation, it can be really hard and uncomfortable to just sit with yourself for one thing, just sitting can be challenging. Definitely. And then two, sitting down and just breathing and thinking about your thoughts. That can just be like a very, you know, it can actually be a more taxing situation. It can do uh, not necessarily more harm than good, but it just takes a lot out of you when it's supposed to be recharging you, which I think it's good to put yourself in those situations, adaptation and um, getting outside your comfort zone is important. But if that doesn't come naturally to you as it does for some people, do an active meditation. Mm -hmm. And that can really help, um, you know, compartmentalize, like you said. I think that's a huge part of the mental health piece. Definitely. Work in, don't work out. Yes, love that. Definitely. So, Cher, this has been a great conversation today. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. Is there this. anything you want to touch on? Is there anything you want to throw down when it comes to the benefits of strength training? I think we've covered a lot today yeah. but um you know it's not just about physical strength it's not just about your aesthetics um if it's an aesthetic goal that is helping you start to weight train start to lose weight start to advocate for your health then i'm in full support of that but just like me and robbie always said have a deep long-term goal like being able to play with your grandkids when you're in your 70s or being able to run that marathon with your best friend in your 50s or um, whatever it is. Create a long-term goal, not just for yourself, but for the people that you love in your life. And I think that will make your training days mean so much more to you. I love that. I couldn't say it any better. So everybody, we will post a lot of material around this episode where we're, we're gaining some momentum. We're starting to, to build build out balance and moderation as a brand a little bit more. So I know Cher is going to reshare that density, the quick density workout that I posted on my site. I'm also going to find, I'm pretty sure I wrote about density training before, so I will 
rework that a little bit just to put some balance and moderation in it. And and I will I also am writing a blog article about the benefits of strength training where you can maybe see I'm citing a little bit more sources and giving you some material where you can go and see that I'm not just making this we're not just <laughs> making this shit up. Um I think you guys have probably realized by now we're not making shit up. No. Nope. It's coming from experience, it's coming from research, it's coming from guided intuition, I guess I could say, yep. you could say, like, Absolutely. you know, not just random thoughts popping in the head, but we appreciate y'all. The, the balance and moderation tribe is growing. We're seeing some growth on our metrics. And I think a lot of that is due to people getting the word out and it, we really appreciate it. We appreciate you sharing. We appreciate you leaving reviews. We appreciate it when you just comment and like the posts that we put out. It means a lot. It's helping us, and we're really just doing this to help the greater good. So we're all in this together. We're all doing this to make the world a healthier and happier place. I love you all. Big love is the mood. If you could, if you want to find some more or get some more from the BAM podcast, you can go to balanceandmoderation.com. You can follow us at the BAM podcast on Instagram. You can find the lovely Sheridan Lee on TikTok and Instagram at the soul and science. And it's the same on both, yes, right? Yes, it's the same on That's both. That's awesome. I am wellness Rob on Instagram chat with us, DM us. If you want to hear something or you have a question, even if it's random, if you reach out to us, we will get back to you within 48 hours. Yeah. Like, absolutely. If not within the next 20 minutes, because yeah, yeah. we're probably on Instagram a little too much. Yeah. Probably but, a little too much. <laughs> but we love y'all. Thanks for listening. And I guess we're out. Go team. Big love is the mood. <laughs> Go team. Hey everyone, Rob here. Really appreciate you listening to our episode. Just real quick, this podcast is for information and inspiration purposes only. Any personal opinions or views do not replace medical advice. Balance and Moderation recommend all listeners embarking on their wellness journey to do so under appropriate supervision by a healthcare provider. Thanks.